Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Zeal Talk. We got another episode today with Cito Culver. If you haven't listened to the first episode, we kind of talked about his baseball journey. Go back and watch that. Um, but yeah, today we're just going to kind of open it up, kind of have some conversation. Um, the best way to start is probably just talking about the swing because that's something we're both passionate about. So um, I know something that we talk about a lot and it, see a lot of people talk about a lot is just kind of like the hitting industry in itself and kind of how toxic it can be and how um seems to be like a lot of egos getting in the way of what's really important my opinion is the athlete and so i want to open it up and hear your perspective of it we'll go back and forth and again it's gonna be an open conversation so we're not gonna really it's not gonna be interview style we're just gonna kind of talk and kind of um give the audience kind of our opinions and hopefully it can start some conversations outside of this episode but um, yeah what are your thoughts on that and again we talked about it where it's a lot of coaches worrying about them being right and that they're being their philosophy being the end all be all and their philosophy being what every hitter should do and i think that baseball is a really hard game so it's a lot more complex than that um so what are your thoughts on that topic and like i said we'll kind of go back and forth on some stuff i just i think that there's no two players alike right so i don't think that there's i don't think that people move the same so one thing that makes sense to one person might not make sense to the next person. So if you go, your style is the best and it's a new cookie cutter to everyone in an organization, just for, just so we can think about it on a larger scale. Yeah. So like if you, if you're running the Yankees minor league organization and you're putting your hitting philosophies on everyone in there yeah. without individualizing it at all. And you're just saying your way works. It might work for some. Yeah. And but then other people get tossed by the wayside, not because of lack of talent or lack of ambition or lack of work ethic, nothing like that, but just simple fact that you're asking him to do something that doesn't make sense to him. Yeah. And you want him to do that be just because. Yeah. And and then when people start acting asking why, it's like, well, he's not coachable, he's not this, so you get a bad rap in that sense. So it's like you're kind of between like you're kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place when you're trying to appease hitting coaches, but also, you know, deep down, this doesn't work for you. So where do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think even from, um, again, even from a college level, I've talked about this a lot is like, I think that, and this can go a different way, but we'll go back to the main, the main point of this. But I feel like in my opinion too, if you can find outside coaches that you do trust, especially at the college level, specifically even like D3 level or, I mean, I guess any level, but um, if you can find coaches, trainers that you like and that you think have what's best for the athlete in mind, I think that can help you shape a program better because you don't have to worry as much about the training development side. You have someone you can almost outsource that to and say like, hey, you're my guy for hitting, for pitching, for strength and conditioning. Like I want you to collaborate with me and be on the same page with each athlete, with the coaching staff and help us get the best out of each athlete, then in my opinion, I can focus more on game management, roster management, recruiting, like things that sometimes you hear coaches say they don't have time for. But if you're spending all your time on development, 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 like I said, if you have someone you can trust and like do, it's a win-win for the coach. Because one, most people aren't going to know that other coaches or outside trainers are working with your team. So when success does happen, it looks good on you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you don't necessarily like need the credit, at least for me, like if I was working with a school, I don't need the coach to post or tell everyone that like, Oh my, my kids work with Dave Wessels. Like, I don't care about that. Like I care about the athletes getting better. And that's where the shift back. Like I feel like with many coaches or even like in Twitter, social media world with hitting, it's like, we've lost the main thing being like, we're trying to get hitters better. Right. And it shouldn't be about, who, what hitting instructor is better, whatever, whatever that means. Yeah. And, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that too? Well, I think that like, and rightfully so you see guys hitting guys in, in the industry, like post their good players. Yeah. Right. Well, they don't post the guys that came to them and it didn't work. Yeah. Right. So like they know deep, I feel like everyone knows deep down, like, their thing is not for everyone. It, there, there could be there could be certain things that they teach that can 
work for everyone, small parts of it, yeah. I think. But like overall philosophy, sometimes it doesn't work. Like I know, I know people that have went to a bunch of different people yeah. and put a lot of stuff together on their own. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't, there wasn't one right answer. Yeah. And that's what I think like people need to get off of like there being a right way to do it. Yeah. There's no right way. There's no wrong law. Like whatever works for the athlete, in my opinion, is what should be focused on. Yeah. And it's like, there's so many smart coaches out there. There's so many coaches that help athletes. So I feel like it's just wasted time if you're trying to compete with like, well, mine's better than so it's or well, my I help more hitters or I have more well known MLB guys that I work. It's like that shouldn't matter. Like at some point, any well known hitting coach, I guess you can say it for any pitching, whatever, but like any well known hitting coach got success with someone. Like no one just failed with a bunch of hitters and their method didn't work with a bunch of hitters. And they're popular. and they're like, Well, I'm pop like they're popular and a bunch of hitters are going. Right. Like that's just not how anything works. That's why I'm like We'll talk about it. You'll see this. I think of things from a logical standpoint. So if every hitting coach has at some point helped the hitter, then maybe like everyone is right and everyone is wrong. And it's like we spend so much time on the differences. I feel like we don't see that. And a lot of the time, like focusing on the same thing. Like I know a coach that I necessarily philosophy wise don't necessarily agree with, but it's like when we have that conversation, like, okay, what are you trying to get with your hitters? I want them short, quick to the ball, like being able to get to the fastball, adjust the off speed. It's like, yeah, same. Like that's my goal. Maybe we go about it differently, but it's like if more coaches kind of focus on the things that we are trying to get to, usually a lot of the same thing. And it's like, why are we wasting time fighting on how we get there? Yeah. Instead of just like, no, we we got there different paths, but the hitter succeeded. So like, cool. That's the main the only thing that matters. Let's focus on the hitter getting better. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Can you get them to be? Can you get, get them to be confident in what they're doing and repeatable in what they're doing? Yeah, right. Like that's the biggest thing, in my opinion. Like, help the guy put the barrel on the ball as much as possible. Yeah, that's my. That's like that should be the goal for anyone. And however you get there is how you get there. But it's different for everyone. Yeah. So that. my okay. So my question, my next question to you would be like, do you think there's a right way to hit? Uh, yes and no. So kind of like what you said, like, I think every hitting coach has their own, like, main principles, foundational things they teach. I know I do. Whether that kind of came from someone else, evolved from someone else, I came up with on my own. I'm in the, I don't really think everyone came up with everything on their own. No, they, like, a guy I know really well says that, like, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Like, everything that someone came up with came from someone else. And so... I don't really focus on like this is my original thing. I came up with control. I came up with this like so you hear that too often. Yeah. Right? I way too often. This drill that I came up with. Yeah, this is this, this drill this thing doing. that I and so like if a hitting coach on the other side, like if a hitting coach doesn't have main principles or things they believe in helps the hitter, the main things they teach, then that's also a bad thing. Like if I was just like, you know, the full side of the spectrum we're talking about where it's like, there's no right way. We're just going to kind of do whatever. I wouldn't necessarily trust that guy. Like I want to, if he's just going to be like, well, let's try this today. And let's like, there's definitely like, there's a lot of gray area. Like I'm not just strictly like, yeah, let's see. Like, let's try this method today. Like, no, I have foundational principles. Like this is how I teach things. How you have to think, how you have to feel like a drill you might have to do might be completely different from someone else I have, maybe even in the same session. Well, for Talk sure. That. Well, we talked about like hitters having different problems. Like yeah. if I came to you and I was super forward moving in my swing. Yeah. Like that. And then someone else was hitting with us and they were stuck on their backside. Yeah. You have to tell those guys two different things yeah. to get them right back to. 100%. So it's like, it's what every, to me, every plan that you come up with a hitter has to be individualized to that hitter. Hundred percent. Do certain things do is, are certain things universal? Maybe. Yeah, I think that every hitter in MLB history gets to very similar positions, same similar angles. Every good one, every good hitter, every good hitter. Yes. The best hitters like get to the same positions, the same angles. They take very similar paths to the ball in the real. Mm -hmm. Like straight up, look at a video of what they do. 
and it's proven because you hear people talk, they all thought completely different things. Mm -hmm. So my goal is I have foundational things to get you to those same angles, those same positions, that same path to the ball. But like, let's figure out how you think, how you move, how you feel, because yeah, every hitter moves differently. Maybe some guys move similar, but like I might have two guys that move similar that have to think completely different. I might have two guys that are, you know, more quick twitch. They have a similar thought process in the load or unload, but one is very literal and the other is more like visionary, like needs to see what it looks like. So like I might tell a kid like, Hey, we're going to turn behind. And when they do that, they just freaking dump their barrel to the ground. And it's like, okay, maybe let's not think that. And the other kid, like, you know, he's really pushy and it's like, okay, we need to turn behind and that helps him be more in the middle, middle area. So it's like, I always say that's half of the battle is hitting coach. Once you have that foundation like that, I believe as, and I mean, I believe it has been successful with the hitters at work with my foundational principles, um, at work, like then the toughest thing is, okay, now that we have that down, I have to figure out your brain and your body, like to get to where we need to be. And I, I'll tell a story real quick. You know, I do a lot of group sessions and, um, at a group session, I had four athletes and one of the dads was here just sitting in watching and, and he said, it's crazy how similar your guys' hitters look. Like my hitters look from the surface. He said, like, all your hitters look the same. They get to the same spot. They're really quick. They're behind the ball. And he said, from like a video standpoint, if I were just to watch your Instagram page, I would think you taught them all the same thing. And he said, it wasn't until I sat in this lesson and said, I don't know how you do your job because you're keeping track of four guys and one's thinking up, one's thinking down, one's thinking across, one's thinking up. And you have to keep track of that and then find the right thing and keep them like locked in on that field. And I said like, yep, that's my job. And I said, this is a group of four. I had seven hitters before and they all that's the that's the individual part of it, right? Yeah, like everyone's their own individual. If 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 I was steep, I might have to I might have to think dump my barrel, right? Like that might ha that might put me on plane. Yeah. If I was dumping my barrel, I might have to think get on top. Yeah. And that might work for me. But yeah, just just saying you need to be on top without knowing the athlete and understanding how he's thinking, understanding how he works, it can put the athlete in a in a bad place 100 percent, and not not only a bad place with their swing but when they don't feel comfortable with their swing how do they feel confident if they don't feel confident how do they play exactly there's no way yeah and I, I got stuck in there yeah. you know i got stuck in that big time where i was told i was they were preaching to me down yeah. be direct be direct be down to the ball this is how you create backspin in obviously i wasn't there by myself there was other people in that worked for other people. And it was super frustrating for me to be really good in cage work and work in the cage so hard at this and it wasn't translating to the game, but for other people it was. Yeah. And I'm looking at my swing and I've watched tons and tons of video of my swing and I'm like, I don't look like them. Yeah. It looks different. Yeah. But I'm doing the same thing in the cage. Yep. I've, we have conversations about this. We're working on the same, some of us are working on the same exact things. Yeah. And they, our cage work looks identical, but for them in the game, they were, they were different than yeah. in their work. Yeah. Their work led them to have the swing that they had in the game. And it was, and that's how they became. But for me, I realized that I had to think the opposite of what I was thinking to get on plane early and stay through the ball a long time. Yeah. So I realized this is when I dove into the swing because I realized like, oh, I'm the opposite of these guys. Yeah. I can't think down. If I think down, I am down. Yeah. And if I'm down, I'm in and out of the zone fast. Yep. And that's what it was for me. Yeah. Now, I can't, it might have worked for Gary Sheffield. Yeah. Thinking down. And he would, but like, was he down? I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. You know? And back to the point of like, okay, we know the individual, like, I get told all the time, hey, all your guys' swings have a look. And I'm like, we're really quick and controlled and behind the ball. Yeah. Is that a, is that a bad thing? And All the players like, have a look. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, my guys have a look. So that means, oh, you must be teaching the same thing. And I always tell people that say that. I'm like, man, I wish. Like, if I, I wish it was that easy. If I didn't care about my job, I'm teaching them the same thing to get every hitter to hit. 
one, I'd have the easiest job in the world. I can make a lot of money. Just shuffle kids through. I'll teach them the same thing. I'll kick, give them the same lessons. Same lesson every single time. Yeah. But like, I care about this. Like, this is I'm watching kids swings after like they come once a week, and that night I'm up till you know eleven, twelve, looking at swings. Like, dang, why couldn't we make that breakthrough today? Like, I wonder what he's thinking. Let me see if there's low movements that might be affecting it that I'm not seeing. What's underneath the hood? Like, and like I said, like I think a lot of hitting coaches do that because they know it's easy like it'd be easy to teach every kid the same thing and if the kid sucks to be like uh he just doesn't have it you well, it, 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 have it. like it can get monotonous right like giving lessons to young kids that are not elite athletes and they're just trying to figure out hitting yeah. like it can get monotonous and over time you, your lessons can go from you really caring to i'm just gonna flip to this kid and let him hit Give them two drills, front toss, BP. See ya. Can I have my money? Thank you. Yeah, and it's like it can. I can understand why it can get that way, but at the same time, it's like if you care about the athlete, if you care about your client, yeah, like you're doing them a disservice if you give everyone the same lesson. Yeah, just because your guys' swings look the same, that's not a bad. Like all good hitters, as inserting like taps and they're like if you're tapping on your keyboard like going through their swing like there's like five or six frames where they're damn near identical all the good ones yeah 100 percent. maybe a little a little bit here a little bit there and you're talking like style like yeah. certain set obviously setups are different everybody doesn't set up the same and things of that nature but once you get into the swing and they get to launch yeah. from launch like to point of contact they're damn near identical all the good ones exactly yep 100 percent and that's where, um, like, even with the swing. But like you said, they're, th they're all thinking different things. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, it, there is, to, that's what made me think, like, there is no right or wrong way. It's just whatever works for that individual. Yeah. And there's the one, like, the once, you know, maybe once a week I have a group and it's like, holy crap, I have two kids that need to think the same thing. This will be a lot easier. Like, once in a while. Right. Like, yeah, I have two kids that are really pushy and jump off their back leg. Yeah, they both need to feel a little bit more on their backside, like a little bit more turning behind it, whatever it is. Like, cool. That happens like once in a while. If I have a group of four, like I have a travel team, 10 hitters, like we're all thinking, like, yeah, we're all thinking something else. Yeah. But again, like that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of like, at least for me, like I love why I love doing what I do and working with hitters is like, it's a problem. Like and I, I love problem solving. I love like having that relationship where we can, figure it out, work on it together. And then it makes those breakthrough moments even better. For sure. But I've always said that the the big leaguers are the best problem solvers in the world. Yeah. Right? With their swing. Like, and I think that if you can get to that point where you can feel every single swing yeah, and know like, okay, I did this on that one. Let me clean that up. Oh, okay, I did this on that one. Let me clean that up. Yeah. And like, understand that these guys make adjustments like pitch to pitch. Yep. They don't, there's no two swings that are the, the same. And they're out. Like, I've never talked to someone where like they want to keep their swings as similar as possible, but like there's, it's a moving target. Yeah. There's not going to be like two swings in a row that you take exactly the same. Yeah. You know, the pitch location is going to be different. The, there's, th there's things that change. Yeah. So like your swings are not going to be always the same. We want to get to where a point where we feel like, they're all the same. Yeah, it feels like we're just getting off the same move to different locations. To different locations, yeah. but they're all different. So, like, you can't tell me that Altuve is not one of the best problem solvers in the world. Judge. Yeah. I'm Freddie Freeman. Like, they don't take a ton of bad swings in a row. That's why they don't have really long, bad stretches. Yeah. They're mechanically sound, but they all think something different. Yeah. And let's, and again, let's dive in a little bit more to, like, again, the player development side. That's my specialty, obviously. But, like, um, the process to like that's what's cut up the most. Yeah, you, know, you get on hitting Twitter or whatever. Like you have the old school versus the new school, which is like, I don't feel like I'm in either. I'm in the let's get kids better school. Yeah, <laughs> so, any hitter better school. Yeah, and it's like they love picking apart one video, one clip of the process, and acting like that's the end all be all what we're trying to do. In terms of, uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Joey Cunha here. A clip that he did probably about a year ago. He talked about. Um, you don't see anybody like walk into a barber shop and the guy's getting a fade and all he has so far is just the, you know, bottom half of the fade, just like trimmed. He's got a ton of hair on top. 
no one walks in the barbershop seeing a guy halfway through his haircut and being like, holy crap, you suck as a barber. Yeah. Right? They're going to wait. You're going to wait until you see, like, okay, the finished product, what the haircut looks like. That guy walks to the barbershop, and I'm going to go, holy crap, like, this hair, that hair, haircut looks great. Like, I'm going to go to that barber. That barber knows what he's talking about. Or the guy's going to come out and it's like, ugh, like, who the heck did his hair? You know what I mean? And it's like, that's that's all that people do with hitting. And, I mean, pitching too. But, like, I show one clip of a movement prep or one clip of a, a drill I'm doing, and it's like, holy crap, that looks weird. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. And it's like, dude, you just walked in the middle of my haircut. Yeah. I'm giving the kid, like, I'm trying to fix a kid, and I don't care how he gets there. And it's like, and I told you this, but, like, conversation I had with the dad after a lesson and is, you know, I had a kid that had a very, very pushy jump forward, completely rip across swing. And, you know, people are coming in here and paying me to try to make their son, mostly guys I work with, their son hit the ball. And so, you know, it's like, do I have to have that conversation? It's like, I might do weird stuff, but like, I'm gonna get your son to hit the ball. And so like, I had a kid that came in and I had, was doing a very, very weird drill with him. I had a PVC pipe holding it like a desk. Like a, you know, and he was basically just turning back and trying to t- have like the end of the PVC pipe touch the ground. All I was doing was like training his body to like try to feel a little bit of not jumping and pushing forward or ripping his shoulder, like some sort of feel to stay back. And it's like, if I posted that clip on social media yeah. and was like trying to create better tilt, oh my gosh. Yeah. The whole world will explode. Jim yeah. I'd be all over me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand uh, the, the barbershop analogy is almost perfect. Yeah. Like, if if someone's if someone's building a cake and like same thing yeah. you know you walk in and there's shit everywhere there's flour everywhere and there's stuff going on it's like what the hell's going on here yeah and then it, it turns out to be a beautiful cake and it's like whoa the process the process doesn't have to be pretty yeah it doesn't have to look good like I'm here to to feel something different yeah right like what I'm doing is not working yeah so in order to 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 feel change. You have to work with extremes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at least for me, yeah, for my body type, like for how I move, like I have to feel extreme the opposite to undo. I mean, I feel like that's a starting point for any coach. Like if a kid struggles with something, like do the complete opposite. And in terms of body awareness, their body's not going to make it. That's not like that. You're probably going to meet in the middle. Right. Like I think even like Matt Holiday talks about it. Like if you're feeling really jumpy and pushy, like turn behind. Get really behind it. Yeah. Like you're feeling of dumping your barrel might be a short connected turn behind. Yep. Or like if you're really dumping your barrel, like feeling really connected and like straight through it, straight direct to it, like that might clean you up a little bit. You're gonna you're gonna meet them. Well, for me, like, you know, I came in here and the first time we talked, I'm a switch hitter. Yeah. Right. And I told you when we first talked, like righty, I seem to fall into patterns, good patterns way more often, way quicker. Yeah. Right. And lefty is more of a have to work in progress. And for whatever reason that may be, I throw right handed. So maybe I'm more flexible yeah. with, on my right side than I am on my left side. It's more of a natural movement. Yeah. Whatever it may be, it just is that. Yeah. And the minute I stopped like trying to like think of both sides the same yeah. is when I started taking bigger strides lefty. Yeah. Right. Like, Think of it as its own side of its own swing. It's like a different person. Yeah, I feel like I'm a different person on both sides, which is okay. Yeah, because and that's even like to even more of what we what we talk about of like you have to think. I have to think totally different things. I'm the same person. Yeah, <laughs> I have to think totally different things on both sides. And what's so, funny is what we've been saying through the process of kind of like cleaning up both sides. They're starting to both look exactly the same. Right. But I have to think my thoughts are completely different. You know, like I don't have to think as much righty about turning behind and getting by lefty. It's like all I have to think about. Yep. I have to think about it or I will get like bushy and ripped. Yep. So like if I have to think two different things, I'm the same person. I have to think two different things on both sides. Yeah. How is it, me and another person going to think the same exact thing and it all work out? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm logic like you. Like, yeah. If I'm down and I'm not getting success with that, I have to want, I want to try something else. Yeah. I don't want to just keep, oh, results don't matter. Just, just stick with the process. 
yeah. this is the biggest lie I've ever was, I was ever told. Yeah. Results are the only thing that mattered. Yep. Like, so how do you keep your job, especially at, at the pro level? Like, if you don't perform for two to three years, like, someone's going to take your job. Oh, yeah. And you don't see, like, a lot of teams, like, I guess one example of a team that did do this is, I guess, the Yankees with Volpe, where they're like, he's coming up, he's going to play the whole year. If he sucks, he sucks. Let him develop. I could appreciate that. Yeah, I think that's awesome because it's like, how many, how many guys are getting that? You come up for a week and... Especially with the Yankees. Like, that doesn't happen often yeah. with the Yankees. It might happen in other places if there's a losing team. Like, they're just... I'll tell you a story about Mookie Betts. I had a conversation with him and he said, the best thing the Red Sox did for me was when I got called up, they told me I was going to play center field and bat lead off every day, no matter what. Yeah. So immediately taking pressure off of him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I don't. You you mean to tell me like I can have a couple bad games and not be afraid that I'm going to be out of lineup or sent it back to AAA? Yeah. Oh my god. Like weight lifted off your shoulder. Like I wish. Oh my gosh. I mean, I played Division three baseball, and you same thing happened to me as a freshman. I won the starting center field job, and we went to Florida the first week and. Oh my gosh, hard to swing issue. But my eyes terrible. I think I was in like a buck sixty or buck eighty when we were leaving Florida after seven to ten games. I forget how much, but and then it was our first home game back, and I was like convinced that I was gonna get benched. I was like, I'm at least gonna get moved from leadoff to nine to nine. And I'll never forget talk about this with my college coach all the time, but I like checked the lineup first game back, home game, and I saw I was hitting leadoff and playing center field. I literally said out loud, like, oh, my gosh, I'm batting leadoff without knowing my coach was right behind me. And he was like, why won't you be batting leadoff? And I was like, because I'm sucking right now. Like, I'm hitting like a buck 80. And he was like, you're my leadoff guy. I have faith in you. Let's go out there and play. And the thought of what, like, and again, this is at the D3 level, so I can't even imagine pro ball level, like you said in Mookie. But, like, me not going into every at-bat, every out, I made thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get benched. Oh, I'm going to get pulled. Oh, I'm going to get moved down to the nine hole. It was like. You could literally look up my stats from that moment on. It was just like, right, probably like 450 from the rest of the year. <laughs> it felt like, oh, I can just be me and just play and not worry about like one for three. Uh, is that good enough to stay in the leadoff spot? Like, just go you know, right. steal back. Like, it's crazy. And like I said, that's just the D3 level. It's not even. Well, it allows you to be like, it allows you to think up more offensively. Right? Yeah. If you're always worried about like, Shit, if I don't get two hits today, I'm not gonna be in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah. Like I've been there. Yeah. You know, I've been there in triple A. Oh, I gotta get I gotta get I'm in the lineup today, I gotta get two hits. Yeah. It's the only way I'm gonna be in the lineup next though. Yep. Whereas in at the end of the day, it's like that's a tough way to live. Yeah. Right? Just super pressure on yourself. Tough way to go about the business. And it's already hard. Yeah. So like if you're sitting there putting extra pressure on yourself, like you already wanna do good. You don't have to put more and more pressure on yourself to get hits. Like, do your work, make sure it works for you, catching barrels. And that's all you can do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and yeah, we can talk about that forever. But I, one last thing on that, and then I'll let you get into some of your questions is about just kind of going back to the development side, the swim side is like, I always say, I said this to you earlier, but I always say, like, I wish I had like a huge curtain I could just put up over the cage, even for parents, let alone coaches. <laughs> Just like put a current up and be like, I'll move the current once we get to BP. Like we're going to do a bunch of weird stuff. It might look weird. It might look funny. But like at the end of the day, you're paying me to help your son hit the ball. We're going to, when we get to BP, I'll move the curtain and then you can watch. Your son's going to hit the ball. I promise you. And it's like, because I feel like even with like lessons, it's like, man, I think this completely drastic feel might really help this kid. But like, is his dad or mom going to start saying something to me? Like, what are you doing, Metro? What's that for? Getting weird looks. And and I've had dads be like, yeah, I had no clue why you were doing that drill. But, like, he's in the crap out of the ball off the machine or in the crap out of the ball on BP. So, like, cool. This is what I, until, like, on top of that, what you just said, like, this is why I love um, what the holidays are doing. Yeah, right? A peek underneath the hood. Yeah. Right? So, you, we watched the... You watched the home run derby that they did. Yeah, that bros. And the the kid that plays the one that plays for the Orioles, like, yeah. is just like literally standing on his back foot and his front foot's like floating in the air. Yeah. And he's just hitting bombs. And it's just like he doesn't swing like that in the game. Yeah. He swings like that for a feel. Yeah. But you never get to really see that 
Like you just usually just see the finished product and you're like, oh, he can hit. You don't know what went behind it. Yeah. So the more and more he more and more pros that show their work is gonna be I think it's gonna be eye opening for the hitting community because yeah. even like Bregman, what he's doing, like posting stuff and letting people see his work. Because he's really describing what he's doing, why he's trying to feel it. And he always like he described the he had a famous clip that was up with like the flashlights. And he like Two, two or three years later, was like, hey, I want to talk about that video and like how it's changed a little bit. It's evolved a little bit, but like same principles. And like he even said, like, this is what I'm trying to do because this helps me get to where I need to be in the game. Right. But like, I would see it. It's like, oh my gosh. I haven't, I haven't heard anyone else say that but him. Yeah. Right. Like that works for him. Yeah. And he is an all star. He is a World Series champion. Yeah. He is a really good baseball player. Yeah. And, but I love the, behind the scenes look because it just goes to show you that all these pros, the guys that are at the highest level are thinking different things. Yep. Even the clip that Glaber came out and said, yeah, I want to be, I want to be more ready. Yeah. Slow and early. I want to be at my spot. I want to be at my spot. Like that's a, an adjustment. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, and he does it dramatically in the cage where he'll just get there and hold it for a really long time and stay behind and swing. And judge the same way, doing drills like the open 45s and the little insider bat thing that he does. Like, no one no one gets to see that. So, like, when they see it, other people teaching, other people using it, they're like, what the hell is that? I'll never forget. Probably the funniest. I haven't been on Twitter for too long. It's going to be a call, but I haven't been on it for too long. But the funniest thing ever was, like, a year or two ago when, um, I don't even remember who posted it, but they posted the clip of Mike Trout hitting with his dad at, like, his high school gym. I remember that. And he's just like jokingly like tweeted the video and was like, uh, looking for help for my one of my clients. Like, what do you guys think? And some random coach just like cut it up like he's way too like steep to the ball, like down on it. And it's everyone was literally like, You realize that's Mike Trout, right? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, and felt dumb. And Trout was nice enough to send him some side stuff, like as a joke. Like, yeah. thanks. Thanks for but it's like if people like if it's a pro guy, you don't hear any of these, you know, people that cut up, they don't say anything. But if it's a kid, they don't know. It's like as simple as like, and you see like people shoot calls, as simple as a video of, and this guy was a good sport about it. Like, I'm sure I look stupid. And he like owned up to it. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you show a clip, like if I worked with any pro guy and just like posted it without saying anything, doing a weird drill, the amount of like, be like, oh my gosh, this guy sucks. He's ruining hitters. Like, this hitters have fun hitting the game. You're going to strike out 400 times this year. You're going to hit 89. It's like, maybe he just needs to feel that. Yeah, that's where it's like, like, even like the stuff Bregman's talking about. I know guys that I work with that have to think the complete opposite. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Like, why does, like, is that going to, there's no big and better one at. Like, that's why I feel like a lot of people like listen to a, like, listen to a pro guy, whether they're still playing that long anymore, like, describe what they did to hit. And it, like, makes them mad. Like, no, that's not what I teach. It's like, who cares what you teach? Yeah. I don't care if you have a billion followers and no one knows who you are. Like, and you just help the hitter in front yeah. of you, dude. Like, I mean, like, one of, the, one of the biggest, like, things running on social media is A-Rod and the way he yeah. talks, right? So, like, he gets... He gets super into it on his social media and he's like A to B and down and I don't want my barrel to be below my hands. And it's like your barrel was below your hand. Every swing you <laughs> every swing you took as a big leaguer. Yeah. You hit six hundred and ninety six homers. Yeah. Not one time was your barrel above your hands when you hit the ball. Yeah. Not once. So maybe it's something you had to think. Yeah. But it wasn't what was happening in real life. Yeah. For you. Exactly. And that's where it's like and that's what frustrates me about him is like, I know you watch video of yourself. <laughs> I know it. You know what I mean? I know you watch video and I know that you see that you're not doing that in the game. Why can't you come out and say, this is what I had to feel? Yeah. This is what I had to feel to get where I was in the game. Yeah. Why can't you say that? Because then there's no argument. There's no back and forth. There's no nothing. This is what I had to think. I know it wasn't what I did. But this is what I had to think. In order for me not to be super under the ball. Yeah. Right? 100%. And that's where we're going to talk about. Okay. So I truly believe this is my opinion. Maybe you disagree. I truly believe that if people did not know that Judge worked with Teacher Man, 
Mm -hmm. They had no clue who he worked with. It wasn't public. Like, if they just saw Judge's swing, I promise you that people would be telling, look at Judge's swing. He's working down to the ball. Like, he's, that's my opinion. Like, if taking Teacher Man, his personality, his like, his uh, marketing, however, he cuts people up on Twitter. I think it's more of a marketing tech. But, like, I, I know him personally. Yeah, I know he's not, he's not as bad as he seems on. Yeah. And it's like, if people just took their hatred away for, Rich, yeah, and how he talks, how he talks that's what like, and people just saw judges swing, they'd be teaching it, but now it's oh, well, he's he's six foot seven, so he can get, but it's like, nah, like, there's always an excuse, right? I feel like, and again, I'm gonna do this for too long, I'm not saying I know best, but I feel like if you look at judges swing through the minors and his first year when he first came up in 16, and he came to see me now, and I didn't know anything about what he did, I would probably be teaching him pretty much the same thing that Rich did, yeah, so like. Is it, it that's again? This is the side that a lot of people probably won't agree with because I guess it sounds like I have teacher man's back. But it's like if people didn't know what he was actually thinking and feeling, no one would cut up that method and be like, "Oh, he gets away with it because he's six seven. Because also, let's have this conversation: How many six seven hitters have succeeded in MLB? To his extent, if it was that easy, just to, like, oh, he can just how they say he can just snap it and he hits home runs and. He can get jammed and it goes out of Yankee Stadium. I mean, not for nothing, he has a teammate that's very similar build as him. Yeah. Like, is he bigger than Stan? Yeah. yeah. But Stan's still a big human being when it comes to baseball. And he hits the ball harder than anyone in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, but they're, they're two different hitters. Yeah. They think two different things. Judges works better for him and it, it produces average and power. Yeah. Stan it produces more power than average, whatever you want to call it. But like, there's there's things that are like, Judge hits how he hits because he has a good swing, not because he's six eight. Yes, right. That, yeah. I don't. Doesn't matter. And that's hundred percent too. And again, I'm not saying that you know, teacher man, like the way he cuts up people is right. I'm just saying like from a strictly again, let's go back to a logical standpoint. If you didn't know what Judge was thinking to hit the ball, and he like just was being judged they'd be like oh look how much more help he got like, yeah look how much tighter he is look how much better he is on his barrel like yeah. he's not clipping balls he's flushing yeah. he's hitting him flush like i just don't understand why there has to be this like back and forth it's like this battle of like there is like it's like they believe there is one true way and it you know it can't be why can't it can't be, be you? It's why. Me. Why can't it be a like? Why can't it be a like a good community? Yeah. Why does it have to be like a toxic? You're right. I'm wrong. No, you're right. I'm no. I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah. Why does it have to be that? Why? Okay, that works for him. Let me try to figure out why it worked for him. Yeah. Because, unfor like, people always want to say that teacher man says stuff about judge all the time, but like he has other hitters that are successful. I mean, Kerry Carpenter had a pretty good year. He's like 5'8". Five, 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 and he's literally the opposite of Judge and Bill yeah. and Stature, you know? I mean, Ian Happ has carved out a pretty good career for himself in yeah. Chicago. Like, he has hitters that go to him and really believe in what he says. Are you telling them hitters that they're wrong? Yeah. Well, it works for them. Well, it, it doesn't help the agenda, so let's keep. That's all I'm saying. It's like, there's always, like, but again, there's the other way, too, is, like, I have, I know and have worked with pro guys that, HLP style didn't necessarily work right and didn't work and another thought clean that up well everybody's body was different like what Bregman is thinking and what Judge is thinking is very different they're both top 20 hitters in the league yeah <laughs> I mean I'm sure what Soto thinks isn't this oh, like gosh is, is not even close to being the same of what Judge thinks like I'm interested to see I'm interested to see if they pick each other's brain and I, I wonder if Soto's swing gets like not that it's bad no no not that it's bad at all, but like I wonder if it it gets cleaned up a little bit. I just seeing Judge and watching him hit every day because, on like on paper, I I think Judge's swing is better than Soto's. Like I think he has a better swing. Just straight looks, like just straight like aesthetics. Like it just looks yeah. cleaner. It's clean. It looks clean all the time. Like yeah. And Judge's, I I guess I would say I love Judge's misses more than Soto's misses. Gotcha. If that makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So like, I wonder if. He gets Soto to like just by just by being a teammate, 
just by watching it every day, hitting DP together every day, I wondered if Soto gets a little bit more like through the ball to the big part of the field. Yeah. Where sometimes he has a tendency when he goes bad to like kind of rip across a little yeah. bit. I wonder if like just watching it over and over again every day will make a difference. And that's what it should be. Like, why can't why can't the hitting community like and I think people, together. I, I think people are making the effort to get there. The right people. It's like let's pick each other's brains. Yeah. Let's, let's see like maybe my method, maybe I have a kid that like I just can't clean him up with my method. And maybe like a smidge of someone else's philosophy method, whatever it is, like the way they do things, could really like break through and get for an athlete. Me. Like I want to learn. Like I feel like for me, if I, if I literally like after a year of teaching hitting, just like close the book, like boom, this is what I'm teaching for the next forty years. Let's do it. Like one, I'm gonna probably not be working a lot more hitters because it will work with a very close few. But I'm like I'm continuously evolving as a hitting coach. Well, and if your dream is as well, yeah. The evolution is like at the end of the day, like what guys did in the seventies and eighties, yeah, might not work now. Guys throw harder. <laughs> guys are way more athletic. Yeah, you know what? I mean? Guys are stronger, yeah. faster. Like, who's to say that what they thought in the seventies could work now? Like, it's it's evolution. Yeah, it's evolution. You see it in every other sport. Yeah, right. And there's no like, I just feel like there's. Hitting is so hard that it's easy to be, like, confrontational. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the hardest thing to do in sports. So it's like, well, this philosophy works. Well, this philosophy for, works. This, But no one says anything, like, about, like, a jump shot. Like, oh, yeah. he shoots funny. Oh, what? It goes in. Yeah. Sean Mary? <laughs> yeah, he shoots funny. So what? It goes in. He could be a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Like, Kevin Durant, 6'11", shoots from across and above his head. It goes in. Yeah. It's not perfect shooting form. He's not J.J. Redick where, like, it's textbook, yeah. perfect. You know what I mean? Like, like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? No one. As long as it works and it works for that athlete, why does why does it matter? Why does it matter so much to you that you have to be right? Yeah. And that's where, like, again, that's I always hope that I mean, I just just keep evolving as a hitting coach. Because life too, you're gonna get different problems you have to solve continuously. I feel like every time I get a new hitter, like. It's like, ooh, that's something I don't necessarily know the exact fix for. Like, when you write goals, I got to kind of like either research or test things out with him, trial and error. And that's like, boom, okay, that fix. That's the reason why. Everything's just going into, to me, I love trial and error. Yeah. Right? Just going into a file cabinet in my brain that's like going to help the next thing with And And again, with evolving, there's stuff that I don't do anymore. Yeah. I told this story is like, I had a kid last off season. We're working through some things. I was teaching him a specific particular thing with his swing. He came back at the end of the summer and was working with me. And he was like, oh, wait, why don't why aren't we working on this or doing this anymore? And I was like, oh, I threw that out. And he was like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, whether it was my not knowing fully about that area or, like, not fully understanding the right way to do it, or it was I was watching you guys in game and saw the same issue with a bunch of guys because we were working on that specific thing with those guys. I threw it out, which is like, see that evolving with you. That to me, that to me, is what makes a good idiot. Someone who's not set in their ways. Someone who's not firm on everything they say, and it's more of a dialogue with the athlete. Yeah. Well, what feels good to you? Well, what works for you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Did this drill feel good? Did it help you feel this? No, I didn't really have anything. Okay, let me try something. Let's try something out. That try to because I'm try, I want you to feel some a certain thing, and I'm gonna put you through a drill to do it. But if it doesn't make you feel what I want you to feel, yeah, yeah, try something else. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think hitting is all research and development. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like get as as a as a hitter, get as much information as you can. Yeah. And then pick the parts that work for you and throw out the stuff that doesn't. Yeah. Under the side, Under the If you if working down if working down to the ball is a thought that doesn't work for you, why keep doing it? Yeah, like at some point you got to be like, this is my career. It goes by quick. Like for a lot of people, it goes by quick. Maybe you're lucky enough to have a longer career. And at the very least, you should be comfortable, right? So like, if this isn't comfortable, then you can't keep doing it. And like, you're just because you do it a lot doesn't mean it's gonna become more comfortable yeah 
Like if, if it's uncomfortable to start, it's probably going to be uncomfortable the yeah. whole time. It might like what is as far as movement. Yeah. Like if this movement is not comfortable to you and it doesn't feel natural, it's not. No matter how much you do it, it's not going to feel natural. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you have to find what works for you and what makes you feel good. Yeah. And then for me, it's like, what's the video say? <laughs> like, oh, what's it look like? Is that like that was a question? That was a question that I had. Like, how do you like? How important do you think video is? everything it's the most important thing yeah like because you have to be able to see what it looks like when you're good and be, and put it next to when you're bad and be like okay well my hands are lower than this i was getting ready late this word i was early okay now i can get my swing back to what it looked like when i was feeling good yeah why do you think hitters are taking notes all the time too like they want to know like you need some sort of base of like this is when i was feeling good confident felt like effortless felt like i could get my barrel to everything and when you're feeling off there's like put them side by side like sometimes it's like guys will just like keep finding out, okay okay just i got it i'll grind through the slump and it's like we're past that though if you just had a video and saw like i have a lot of guys like we'll look at video and they fell off that round and they're like Oh, I'm literally like lunging way too far. I'm, I'm losing my backside. Next round, boom, 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 boom. It's like it's such a tool that people didn't have that. I mean, I had to go off. That it literally happened today during our work. Yeah, it did actually. <laughs> literally happened today where I said I felt like I wasn't holding my backside good on my right hand swing. Yeah. We went and looked at video, and I was getting ready late. So if I'm getting ready late, can't hold it well. Yeah. Make a small adjustment, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, if you. And that goes back to, like, being your own hitting coach. Yep. You have to be able to feel this because at the end of the day, no one can take at-bats for you. Yeah. And wish there, I wish there was some suit that we could both put on and I would feel everything your body's feeling. So I'll get yeah. <laughs> Wait, doesn't exist. Doesn't yeah, exist. I can't, I can't be your, like, pacifier in the box. Like, even as a coach, like, I can't, even I'm in the third-base coaching box, I can't just be like. I can remember. Like, get, right. <laughs> I can remember vividly. Taking swings, and this is when I was young in my pro career, 17, 18 years yeah. old. I can remember taking a swing and looking in the dugout for help. <laughs> and it's like, Dude. he can't do nothing. Dude. He can't do nothing for me. I've coached one year, and I had, like, a talk with a kid. Like, I, we, had, we had a pitcher even that, like, threw ball four. It was like, looking at my buddy pitching coach and like he's like i'm not taking you out like i don't know why go talk to your catcher like i i can't guide you through throwing a strike like but he, it's simple as that like i remember he was like pressing and was like i don't know like i worked so hard what am i doing i'm like we did the right things this off season you look fine trust it like, you're good like maybe if it takes a couple more games and you're still feeling off like let's dive in but yeah i think that i always tell kids like video everything video everything and it'd be such, it might be an easy one swing you see and be like, oh, my hands are dropped. Or, oh, my like hands were disconnected from the body, pushing forward, getting stuck behind them. Like, whatever your thought is. And if you know what you're trying to do in the box and have a plan and you see and feel what's wrong, now you can correct it. If you don't know what you're doing, how you make an adjustment, and then you can't see video. So it all goes back to like, you need to be your own hitting coach, but you need to like have control of your body, know what you have to feel, know what you have to think, and then own that. Because then you have a basis to then, if you feel off, then you can always bring it. Right. So I think you just have, you have to, so video and everything is super important, but then you have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if you, you video everything and you don't know what you're looking for, what's the point of the video? Yeah. And right? I've got, I've so got caught up in that too. Like I had a college dad this break and we were really trying to tighten up his, his like we were trying to tighten it up and I was like, wow, that looks so much better. And we were looking at video and he was like, what does better look like? And I was like, I feel like sometimes with me, I'm usually pretty good at showing like this is what we're trying to get at. I feel like sometimes with me, it's like I almost think that the hitter knows what's going on in my brain. And I'm just like, go through quick, like that looks really good. And I just was like, let's take a break for a second, sit down, have my iPad. I'm like, I want to show you next to Adley Rushman. I want to show you next to Freddie Freeman. I want to show you next to Corey Seager, whatever. And it's like, do you see how your path looks very similar? Do you see how your bat's moving in the same way? It's in the same frames. And then he was like, I was never looking for that. And part of me was like, oh, crap. I should have told you. Well, like, you need, 
that was probably the best breakthrough he had because he's like, well, now I know what to look at in video when I'm still working with Leech. So there, so okay, this will bring me to my next quote. Like, yeah. if you're a hitter, and you're and you're in your development, and you're still learning your swing and trying to figure out your swing, like you have to ask questions yes. like that. Yes, you have to. There it has to be a dialogue. It can't be someone telling you what to do and then you just trying to do it and not say anything. Yeah, I always tell you don't need as a hitting coach. As a hitting coach, you need feedback. I need yeah, because like the like any hitting coach will know this. Like the kids that's a weird. I'm not gonna say the worst because some kids are just quiet. That's how they act. But like sometimes it's difficult because I always tell kids like that drill feel okay. That feel like it helps, and they're like yeah. I'm like. Tell me if it doesn't. Yeah. It's like, if you're not giving me the second, like the collaboration, it's just me like, does that feel good? And you're just like, oh, I don't want to say no. So yeah. Like you're I, paying for this time you're with me. We might as well get something out. I think it's, I think as a, as a hitting coach, you need to look at it more as a collaboration. Yes. Than you being an instructor. Yep. Telling them that they need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. It needs to be, well, what makes you feel good? What makes you feel most confident? Where, like, where in your starting position does does it feel like you're you can get to a good turn? Be, yeah. Because if I tell you to put your hands down here, because I feel like it will help you get into your thing, but it doesn't feel comfortable to you, you're never gonna take a swing with confidence from somewhere you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, like, if I'm telling you to put your hands down, it doesn't feel comfortable. Tell me. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna try something else. And again, I think there is some balance to that too, where it's like, hey, I want to mess around with some of your angles. Might feel a little funky, but like, let's try it for a round of front kicks. And a lot of the time they'll be like, no, that didn't even feel good. And it's like, okay. And they'll be like, no, actually, like, I felt like I could get the barrel there quicker. It was more direct. It was smoother. And I'm like, okay, and then you might feel a little off, but we'll let your body adapt. Some kids might just be like, thank you, Burger Kids. We'll just be like, I felt so weird. I do that. It's like, it's, yeah, it's where you work. Yeah, and we'll see if there's a different way, a better method. And also, in saying that, like younger kids, like we talked, we talked about this earlier. Like people don't watch baseball. Oh my god, right? Yeah. So, like, if you don't watch baseball, and you're a kid, and I'm talking to kids like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, yeah. thirteen in that in that range, if you don't watch baseball, and you're trying to learn how to hit. Where do you even start if you don't even know what it looks like? Yep. Right? So, like, anything anything that you say to a kid who doesn't watch baseball and not athletic, like, it's going to feel weird. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And that's, and that's one thing where I come in here, like, I'm okay with you putting me in uncomfortable positions and me figuring it out as, a, as I move through these yeah, positions. Even with you is a good example. Like, we messed around a lot with your angles, especially on the left side. Like we messed around a lot with your angles, your leg kick, getting in your back hip, how you're setting up your lower head. Like we messed around with a lot. And it's like I didn't said it like, yeah, it might feel weird, but like let's work through and see if it feels good. And that's like here we are four weeks later and it's like, oh it feels really good and natural and I feel like I'm moving. I just feel like I can take I can repeat. Yeah. And it's and it's like that's that's all about especially like um like earlier you start working in the off season you're not waiting it's i always say it's a it's a band-aid season that's what i call this season because we're getting to february and it's like tryouts are in a month i need two lessons to fix my son so he makes the team so and that's fine so like okay okay that could lead into another question that i have like yeah we'll do this last one here. what is how much hitting is enough hitting if that makes sense like we're as far as like getting like getting your work and getting lessons and, and coming and hitting like how consistent like what makes it you how consistent do you have to be with your work to be a good hitter? Yeah, I think age definitely changes that. Like I always tell kids like if you are saying like, Hey, I'm a sophomore, I'm a junior, I'm a kid even I'm a senior, like I really want to play college baseball. But then they're like, Yeah, I'll just I'm gonna start doing lessons in February. I'm like, so you're going to have four times you work with me and hope that that like perfectly gets you ready for the season. So, um, and I, and like, I, it all depends on where you want to go. It depends on where you want to go. If you're, uh, if you're a younger kid, like 
it ranges everywhere. I've been younger kid that sit with me once a week since October. And he's gotten a lot better and he's but the thing is like he enjoys it. He's not being forced to go there. Like he wants to get better. He hits a lot on his own. Yeah, and it's different. Like what do you what do you want to do with your career? I'd say is one thing, but like don't tell me like I want to play college baseball so bad. Like I want to play at the next level and then tell me you're gonna start coming in February. Yeah. Like because tell you like the, there's kids whether it's on my instagram page or people know in the area that like have really freaking good swings and like look locked in and people are like wow their swing's crazy and it's like he has hit with me year round i haven't gone a week or a month without seeing this kid in three years dude like that's <laughs> that's where like i was fortunate enough to get drafted in the first round and through my life i probably millions and millions of swings yeah millions it's what it takes like literally it's what it takes you gotta you got like obviously like you gotta put the work in cliche but it's like you gotta like one like to do it and two you gotta like be willing to do what it takes if you want that don't just be like oh i want to play in college and then like oh it didn't work out it's like well you hit twice with me two weeks before tryouts and you got a little bit better in those two weeks for sure but yeah I don't get to the final. I'm I'm in year. I'm going into year fourteen, maybe or fifteen, of pro baseball. I might have took two weeks off of hitting after the season. Yeah, I've been hitting since end of September. Yeah. Now, is it every single day? No, but I'm a little bit more advanced as far as like when I do work. It's very very quality work. Quality work. Yeah. Right. Like. When I was younger, I hit all the time. Yeah. All the time. Whenever I could, yeah. I hit. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to take millions of swings yeah. to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And I think like a, a big argument, like a big or a point, I guess you can make against me saying like, best kids I have hit all the time. And it's like people are like, oh, well, that costs a lot of money. And yeah, it does. Like, I'm not, like I understand like. I didn't really do a lot of instruction growing up, but it's like, I know at least one kid I have who his family is not very in a very good position financially, and he is hit with me the most. It all depends on what you want. Like, what do you want? And it's like, are they working and then paying? Like, I didn't, college kids that are freaking playing in their fall, working, then coming here and get like, dude, I didn't, they, I didn't grow up in the most financially stable situation. Yeah. But, because my parents knew that I loved it, yeah, so much easier for them to invest in something that you love and you have a passion for, and they can see that you have a passion for it. Yeah, you know, I've, if my if the only time you hit is when you come for a lesson, I wouldn't. If I was, a parent, I wouldn't keep taking my kids to like. I want to see you in the mirror in the house. Yep, you know what I mean. You got a bat in your hand, like. Now I know that you really want to do. Yeah. And, and, and kids and parents think that like kidding is like, I, I know a hundred percent what kids want it because we've talked about this before, but we'll work on something. And a lot of the time, especially with younger kids, I'm like, Hey, I just gave you a bunch of stuff. You don't need a cage. You don't need a, you don't even need a back. Look room sick. Grab anything. Like anything you have around your house. Dude, the remote control. Remote control. Yeah. Like I, I use everything. Yeah. Like. You can feel that move out we did, and you can do a hundred of those every day. You wake up, you go to bed, you're watching football playoffs. Like I say that and say this all the time. You're watching the Bells game, like you're watching whatever, like you can feel this out. And uh there's I always can see it. There's the kids that come back the next week and look exactly the same as they did when they started the lesson the week before. And now I'm spending a lesson pretty much doing exactly the same thing so we can lock you back in. And then there's the kids where I'm like did you hit a little bit this week? And they're like, I did a lot of mirror swings. They're like, yeah, I have a team. Like, I've just been feeling out what we did. And I'm like, how much more enjoyable are those ones? One, because I know they want it as much as I do. Right. And it's like, like, yeah, it's, it's easy to know like that kid that got better without me even working with me wants it because one, he took it in and two, like I can tell you did what I told you to do. And now it's like, all right, let's go to the next step. So then if you, you know, look at that timeline, like, okay, two months down the road, the first kid is where I was at the third lesson with the other kid, where he, I have to kind of keep catching him up every week, and he's about 
where the the second kid was at his third lesson. The other kid is where high schoolers are. 100%. And I think that it's just like that. And so it's like, yeah, that sounds like, oh, yeah, just come give me your money. No, but like the kids that want it, want it. And it's, I understand like financial things. I understand time things. But like any argument people can have for this, like I'll give you like, oh, well, Mike, some plays other sports. I got kids that come in once a week and they play football. I got kids that come in once a week and they play basketball. I have a kid that comes in twice a week and he's playing hockey. Like, <laughs> I played other sports. Yeah. I still got my work in. Still get your work in. I did too. Like, when I was growing up, like, I knew, like, my basketball practice got over at 4 30 and I went from 4 30 to 5 30. Like, yeah. by myself and off the tee. Like, that that was enough for me. You got to do it, man. You got to put the time in. Yeah. You got to put the time in. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. That was a good episode. Like, a little bit longer, but a good, a lot of good nuggets in there. Um, and we're going to do this all day. Yeah, we're going to do this all day. We're going to make four episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll wrap it up there. Cino's basically going to be a co-host the rest of the time. He's here. We'll get him in here, too. He's even in Mexico playing this show. But, um, but, yeah, that's a wrap on today's episode, episode two. Um, please, like, like the channel. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching this. Like on YouTube. Um, and then social media handles will be in the in the description below. Um, thank you, man. Yeah, of course, brother.